SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Happy Monday! Welcome to the Morning After on Sports Grid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, and I'm your host, Ariel Epstein, taking you through the next three hours here on the Sports Grid Network. We had football all weekend long, and week two of the NFL preseason caps off tonight. It's the Saints and the Jaguars. Major League Baseball had a huge weekend, including Miguel Cabrera hitting home run number 500. It always feels like there's this long gap between 499 and 500. You're just waiting on bated breath. Unfortunately, Mickey hits it on the road, but the Toronto Blue Jays fans were really good about it, gave him a standing ovation. I love sports, and I know that we're going to have so much to get to today. The director of training at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran, going to join us later this hour. First, my co-host, Ben Stevens. Ben had a really long weekend. He was at a wedding in Maryland, and then he comes home to more problems with mice, and I just feel terrible for you. So, guys, please take it easy on Ben today. If he doesn't know what happened in sports this weekend, if he doesn't seem like himself, you know, Ben, I'm giving you all the credit in the world. You've had a rough weekend. I appreciate you saying that. I'm glad to just be here on a Monday morning here in our studio in New York City where there does not appear to be any mice, so that at least is a good start. And yes, I was away this weekend in Baltimore. I bet against the Baltimore Ravens even being in the Ravens city, although they were in Carolina. What a weird move on my part. But I was staying around the world of sports. A lot of NFL preseason action. Anytime I had a free moment this weekend, like the Mitchell Trubisky revenge game at Soldier Field, where our very own Kevin Walsh was on Saturday, I was watching NFL preseason football because I love NFL preseason football. A great weekend of that. A great weekend in baseball. Congrats to Miguel Cabrera. You mentioned it seemed like a long time between 499 and 500. 31 at-bats for Miggy between 499 and his 500th home run. The third longest all-time. What has been a very long streak as well, as you very well know, Ariel Epstein, the Baltimore Ravens. 19 straight preseason wins. A preseason dynasty. Never, never, never try to be the guy to jump in front of the trend and bet against them. I was telling you this last week, the Ravens team was all banged up. Whether it was wide receivers who still aren't practicing or their defensive backs, corners, etc. There are so many positions that are hurt right now for the Ravens. That's why when you bet against them, I said, well, they only really have one quarterback, Tyler Huntley. Lamar Jackson's not playing. Trace McSorley's out the rest of the preseason with a back injury. There were so many problems going into this game against Carolina. The Ravens still win as three-and-a-half-point road favorites, 20-3. to three. Tyler Huntley has himself a day, 24 of 34, 187 yards. He has a passer rating of just under 72%. Tyler Huntley, I love him. But, Ben, good teams win, great teams cover. The Ravens, 19-0 straight up since 2015, 17-1-1 against the spread. That, to me, Ben Stevens, when you are one of the few teams that are favored by over three points, especially on the road in the preseason, that's just an incredible feat. 
That just goes to show how staunch of a dynasty the Ravens are in the preseason. Not just 19 straight up wins, 17 1 and 1 against the spread. So, as you mentioned, being very better friendly as well. Tyler Huntley played the entire game. It was a shock to me. I thought that lack of quarterback depth would maybe rear its ugly head. And Carolina, who's trying to put all their chips into the basket of Sam Darnold, only allowed him to throw two times. As we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the first hour of the morning after on your Monday, Sirius XM Channel 204, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. It's Ben Stevens and Ariel Epstein recapping a weekend of NFL preseason football, recapping a nearly five-year-long streak since the Ravens last lost a preseason game. And Ariel, I was mentioning having some faith, although I was skeptical, and rightfully so, in backing Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers only threw the ball with Sam Darnold twice. He was one of two for 16 yards. This is your new quarterback that you're putting your franchise behind. And I know it's the preseason, but let's get him some run. It's not like Sam Darnold is a veteran who has nailed down all this NFL playing experience. That is certainly not the case. Anyway, I digress. P.J. Walker, who I also loved in week one against the Colts, thought he was one of the more stellar backups. You would see week two in the preseason slate, one of eight for eight yards. So not great. Don't bet against the Ravens in the preseason. That is what we take first and foremost, Ariel, from weekend number two of preseason action. Interested to see how things go next week because the Ravens have to travel to D.C. to face the Washington football team. Final game of the preseason. Only three this year. Is it going to be defense versus defense? How much is the head coach of the Washington football team, Ron Rivera, going to play his starters? Especially when it comes to facing that front seven for the Washington defense. I'd be nervous if Tyler Huntley's going up against that crew. However, the Ravens defense has looked really good also. If I have to say there's depth on the Ravens team, defensively, the Ravens look like there's a lot of defensive depth when it comes to the offense. We'll have to wait and see, but it's going to be very telling how much it really means to John Harbaugh, the Ravens head coach, next week when they go up against Washington. And Ben, here's one thing, too. When you really have something to play for in the preseason, I think it's an amazing thing. I spent 100 bucks on NFL Game Pass just because my brother, who's 14, wanted to watch the Ravens preseason games. I bought it for him. We're having a great time watching the games, yet... It really is fun when you actually get nervous about something. Like, I'm sitting there as a Ravens fan nervous over stupid preseason games. Now imagine these players, they don't want to be the ones to ruin the streak. No, and John Harbaugh, clearly this means something to him. This is important. So I think to get to 20 straight wins, that would be something. By the way, 20 to 3, the final there. That game going well under the average score over the 15 games in week number two, Ariel, as we keep track of that always. 34.8 points per game. The under still prevailing in a pretty good way. We have more NFL recaps to go through from over the weekend. There were a bunch of games, including a revenge spot. You're listening here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
back on the morning after on Sports Grid. It's Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. It was a really interesting weekend for a revenge spot because you saw the former Bears quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, now with the Buffalo Bills, the backup quarterback to Josh Allen, going up against his former team. Trubisky had himself a day. I mean, Trubisky, mm. he, his, first, his first four drives all resulted in a touchdown. He ends up going 20 of 28 for 221 passing yards and a touchdown. Ben, I don't know what time your wedding was yesterday or two days ago, but when the Bills beat the Bears 41-15 and the Bills cover as four-point underdogs, you said you got a chance to watch some of this game, but I'm sure you weren't watching it because of Trubisky. You were probably watching it because of your beloved Justin Fields. I was watching because of both. I think Mitch going back to Chicago, and Mitch has said while in Buffalo at training camp, he feels content with the Bills. He doesn't harbor any ill feelings to Chicago, but he certainly did not like how that situation played out. So I think he was going to try to go back and put on a show for the home crowd or away crowd on Saturday at Soldier Field. And Mitch certainly did that, 221 yards, and was just carving apart the Bears' defense, leading to six first half scoring drives resulting in 34 points for the Buffalo Bills in that first half. But yes, of course, I wanted to also make some time to watch my guy, Justin Fields, not as prolific as he was in week number one against the Miami Dolphins, but still good and made the right reads. And a lot of my opinion was the Bears leading rusher for rushing attempts, 43 yards, showing that he can do it with the legs and the arm when he needs to as well. I think the question, though, really surrounding this game is not Mitchell Trubisky in the revenge game and putting on that show, not Justin Fields and what he did, but the fact that Andy Dalton pretty much played the entirety of the first half. And yet again, the Bears doubled down on the fact that Andy Dalton area will be the week one starter saying they need to see more and more of Andy Dalton. That's the part that's a little bit interesting to me. The exact quote was, we need to see him more in the regular season. What? That was referring, that was Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Bears, referring to Andy Dalton and week one against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Need? Need to see him more in the regular season. Here's the thing. I don't want to fall into the media trap. Everyone on Twitter was going off about how we need to see more Justin Fields, not Andy Dalton. Ben Dalton's the experienced one. And truthfully, it doesn't surprise me that against the number one defense in football last year, the Los Angeles Rams, Aaron Donald, the defensive player of the year, that they wouldn't want to put their rookie quarterback out there week one. That's where I see it making sense, Ben. Yeah, that's where it makes sense, too. Based on the scheduling of it all, do you want to throw Justin Fields against Aaron Donald week number one? Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, everybody that the Rams were turning on the defensive side of the ball. Probably not, right? Probably not. So that might take some of the heat off Justin, the heat off the coaching staff and Matt Nagy, and the heat off the front office and general manager Ryan Pace. But the way that this has been handled has been very peculiar. And the idea, and I think the reason that people took to that quote on social media and we're like, Matt Nagy, what are you talking about? Is because we have that breadth of experience on Andy Dalton. He has been in the NFL for a lot of time, playing a lot of regular season games. So that's the interesting idea. And some of the wording around this, how it was QB1 as soon as Andy Dalton was signed this offseason, how even when Justin Fields was drafted, they said Andy Dalton is our guy week number one. Then they seem to be reevaluating. Then Justin Fields go out, goes out there in the preseason week number one and puts on a show. All of it has been kind of strange. I think as of right now, though, you are right. When you look at the regular season schedule for the Bears, that first week, 
against the Rams is not a spot you probably want to start your rookie quarterback, hopefully your franchise quarterback for years to come in that game. But that being said, with a team win total at seven and a half, I think if Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace want to keep their jobs, they need to go over that team win total of seven and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook currently. And the under has the juice. I think the best way of going over that team win total of seven and a half is having Justin Fields as your starting quarterback. Another quarterback situation on the rocks, the Denver Broncos. They did beat the Seattle Seahawks in their preseason game 30 to 3. The Broncos minus four and a half on the, uh, for the spread. The total 37 and a half goes under. Then the quarterback situation heating up. Teddy Bridgewater, I saw this tweet about his first two games for the Broncos. These first two preseason games resulted in Bridgewater 16 of 19. 179 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Bridgewater's averaging just over nine yards per attempt. QB rating, 141. Drives, that the finishing uh, result of the drives, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I just looked at FanDuel because they had odds up for most of this preseason regarding the Broncos' quarterback situation. It was Drew Locke who was favored all preseason, then Teddy Bridgewater. Those odds are now down on FanDuel. They are not posted. The only two quarterback week one odds that I see now are the New Orleans Saints and the San Francisco 49ers. No Broncos, which is weird. Why do you think? I don't know, because I think this would be the more intriguing of those three now quarterback markets you could have. I don't think you would keep up the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. But when you compare it right now to the New Orleans Saints and the San Francisco 49ers, this market between the Denver Broncos quarterback position, I think is the best one out there because Teddy has looked great. Drew Locke has also looked pretty good. You mentioned the stats for Teddy Bridgewater in these first two games. Drew Locke is a combined 14 of 21 in the first two games for 231 yards and two touchdowns. A good majority of that coming week number one. Week two, Drew Locke, who was the reserve that day, 9 of 14 for 80 yards. Drew Locke got the start week one. Teddy got the start this past Saturday in week number two. In two straight games now in the preseason, the Broncos, known as a defensive team overall under Vic Fangio, 33 points against the Minnesota Vikings week number one, 30 points on Saturday night against the Seattle Seahawks. So this is a very heated quarterback competition right now because both guys have gone out there for that Denver Broncos offense and have looked really, really good in doing so. I would love to see this market back up on the FanDuel Sportsbook. If you want to take any of this from what you are seeing from the Broncos offense, either Teddy Two Gloves or Drew Locke, and you want to apply it to the futures market, Eight and a half is the Broncos team win total. The under slightly more juice at minus 115. The third longest odds to win, or the second longest, third shortest, I should say, to win the AFC West at plus 900 right now, currently for the Denver Broncos. Obviously a very difficult division. I would not pick the Broncos over the Chargers or the Chiefs, certainly. But this Broncos team, with either of their quarterbacks right now, at least how they've performed in this preseason, and the defense is looking really good under Vic Fangio too, could be a very intriguing team as we get closer to the regular season. The only other thing is I hope this market goes back up and that FanDuel's making a switch. Maybe we're going to see Teddy Bridgewater flip to the favorite spot over Drew Locke. I do have to give credit where credit's due. The New York Jets... They sometimes just don't make the right side of the newspaper. Last week, they had injuries, including to their best defensive free agency pickup in Carl Lawson. He's out for the year. Now we're seeing the Jets heat things up offensively. Corey Davis coming over from the Tennessee Titans. He has had himself a heck of a preseason. I watched this game between the Jets and the Packers. The Jets get the win 23-14. The Jets cover minus three. Total 31.5 goes over. That Corey Davis... 
first two quarters with the Jets, 12 routes, 10 targets, 6 receptions, 88 yards. In Saturday's game, four receptions for 70 yards, no touchdowns for Davis, two touchdowns for the tight end, Tyler Croft. This Jets offense looks pretty good over the weekend, Ben. You got to give credit to Zach Wilson. 9 of 11, 128 yards in those two passing touchdowns in Saturday's win over the Green Bay Packers. And Zach Wilson has looked very efficient so far in his young NFL career in these two preseason starts. No more so than on Saturday, looking great against that Green Bay Packers team. We saw tons of line movement in that game after it was confirmed that Jordan Love would not be playing for the Green Bay Packers. The Packers opened up as a three and a half point favorite. They ended heading into kick on Saturday as a two and a half point underdog. Did not matter that line movement for another straight week on the New York Jets, and they covered easily. Zach Wilson looking very, very good. We have mentioned how, how much can we see in the offensive rookie of the year market based off some of these rookie quarterback performances in preseason. Well, Zach Wilson, after the stellar day on Saturday, a dollar less from plus 850 prior to now plus 750 on the FanDuel Sportsbook for Zach Wilson, the starting quarterback and the man under center calling all the shots for the New York Jets. Jets have won both their preseason games. Game three coming up next week, the final one. We'll see if they can go undefeated under their new head coach, Robert Salah. Coming up next, we'll recap Major League Baseball from a gambling perspective. A lot happened over the weekend and a bunch of games yesterday. Slower slate today, but we'll give you what you need to know. You're listening here on Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. In Major League Baseball yesterday, we finally saw it. It's Miguel Cabrera, the all-star himself, finally hitting his 500th home run. On top of that, the Tigers do get the 5-3 win over the Toronto Blue Jays in Toronto. The Tigers were plus 225 on the money line. That total of 9.5, well, it stays under. Ben, you were mentioning at the top of the show how long Miguel Cabrera went without a home run. How long was it, and was it the longest that we've seen someone go between 499 and 500? The third longest all-time, it was 31 at-bats for Miguel Cabrera from home run number 499 to home run number 500. It was also a slow trek from where things stood at the end of the 2016 season. At the end of the 2016 campaign, now five years ago, Miguel Cabrera ended that year with 446 career home runs, so it took him a while to get from there to 500. But doesn't matter. Miggy is a part of the illustrious 500 club in Ariel. Miguel Cabrera is in rarefied air, even amongst the rarefied air that is the 500 home run club because his 311 career batting average is the fifth highest mark in the 500 home run career club. So what he is doing and how well he has hit 
throughout the duration of his Major League Baseball career, not just for power, truly shows itself in this illustrious category that he is in among really, really notable and historic company at the Major League Baseball level. In fact, Miggy went on a run from 2011 to 2015. And for those five years, he had the batting title in all of Major League Baseball. Again, showing how good his average has been while he has also been launching home runs for a very long career at the Major League level. Now the Tigers in Comerica Park can say goodbye to all the fans that came in because the Tigers don't really have a shot at making the playoffs. A team that does, the San Francisco Giants, they end up beating the Oakland Athletics 2-1. to The Giants not only catch the minus 116 money line, San Francisco also became the first team in Major League Baseball to hit 80 wins over the weekend. San Francisco went over their win total from the preseason, which was 76 already. They actually, the Giants, become the first 124. So they win the 88-plus games for the first 124 games of the season for just the second time since moving to San Francisco. 1993 was that time. It was a quick 80 games, a quick 80 wins, Ben, for San Francisco. Very, very fast. Two straight for the San Francisco Giants, taking yet another series against some of the best competition in all of Major League Baseball, winning the Battle of the Bay this weekend against the A's. And Ariel, the Giants, although the Dodgers are scorching hot, have won or almost had won nine straight. They won nine straight. That streak was snapped yesterday against the Mets. The Giants, who hold a two-and-a-half game lead in the National League West, now the second shortest odds in the plus money category to win the NL West on the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 145. And it seems once again... The book is maybe undervaluing the San Francisco Giants because when you look at their odds to win the NL, it's the third shortest behind both the Dodgers and the Brewers at plus 420. Also the fifth shortest to win the World Series at plus 950. Interesting that although the Giants keep setting historic marks for their franchise, the first team in all of Major League Baseball this year to win 80 games, the best record in all of Major League Baseball still, it seems they're sliding down the board, losing some value or potentially gaining some value, depending on how you look at it, on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's almost like the president's trophy of the NHL is coming into the Major League Baseball world where the book says, yeah, well, you might win the best record for the regular season. We don't have faith in you in the postseason. A team that also is undervalued by the books many times over the last couple of years, the Tampa Bay Rays. They end up getting the win over the White Sox 9-0. The Rays take two out of three against the White Sox. In addition to the Rays cashing in minus 122 on the money line yesterday, the total of 7.5 goes over just because of Tampa Bay's scoring nine runs the Rays still in first place of the American League East they take a four and a half game lead over the weekend over the New York Yankees coming up next we're going to welcome in our MSG audience we're going to talk New York baseball we'll give you updates on the AL East and the NL East you're listening here on Sirius XM channel 204 we'll be back in about 15 seconds Welcome to our MSG audience here in the first hour of the morning after on Sports Grid. We're also on Sirius XM Channel 204 and the Mightier 1090 on the West Coast. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. We were in the middle of talking about Major League Baseball. Now it's time to flip things over to the New York side. The New York Yankees did not play yesterday due to the tropical storm that was really just rain over here in this area. But anyway, the Yankees didn't play. The Yankees still four and a half games back of first place of the American League East, but I thought this was hilarious. If you remember about 1920 games ago, the Yankees had a cat run across the field at Yankee Stadium. 
Sometimes a cat, especially a black cat, would be known as bad luck. When I saw that cat fly across the field at Yankee Stadium, I thought, uh-oh, this isn't good for a team that's already been struggling. The Yankees do not need any bad juju. It was the complete opposite. This cat was good luck. The Yankees actually are 16-3 and ever since the cat game. I mean, I cannot believe, Ben, that this cat was actually good luck for the Yankees. It's crazy to see there are some cat issues at times throughout all of New York sports. Of course, the infamous black cat that ran across MetLife Stadium on Monday Night Football a couple of years ago. This cat, though, not bad luck for the Yankees. In fact, maybe has enticed and enhanced what we have seen out of this pinstripes team. It was bad luck for the Baltimore Orioles, the Yankees opponent that night, who have lost eight. 18 straight games but I digress we're not here to talk about Baltimore we're here to focus on the New York Yankees and the New York Yankees are a red-hot team right now that have won nine straight games yes the game yesterday against the Twins getting postponed and now the Yanks on the road visiting the Atlanta Braves a team who has also won nine straight games so that will be very interesting to see the Yankees four and a half games back of the Rays who have the third best record in all of Major League Baseball the best record in the American League Four and a half games back, plus 240 on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the American League East Division. The Rays, the rightful odds-on heavy favorite at minus 210. But when you look at this area, what's very intriguing to me, and as it always really has been, is the Yankees' value in the American League pennant and now the World Series market because the Yankees have the six shortest odds to win the World Series on FanDuel at 10 to 1, plus 1,000. The Rays who hold a a four-and-a-half game lead in this division in the AL East and are the odds-on minus-money favorite to win that division with the best record in the American League actually have longer odds than the Yankees to win the World Series right now. The Yankees at 10-1, to the Rays the seventh-shortest at 11-1. to So that an intriguing difference in the market from the AL East to the World Series. The Rays also with better odds to win the AL pennant, but only by about 20 cents over the Yankees. That is so bizarre. I would jump on the race to win the World Series, 11-1. to 1. The, the book continues to sleep on this Tampa team. It doesn't matter who's pitching. Remember we were talking about Dave Sharapin and how he was posting about the Dodgers and how the Dodgers, no matter who pitches, they're always favored by minus 200. The Rays give me that feel, even if it's a pitcher you've never heard of before. There's so much depth. This team knows how to just play baseball. They know how to play small ball and get the job done, regardless of if it's a hitter's park, a pitcher's park, regardless of if they have to out-hit a team versus just play small ball. I love the way the Rays play. The Yankees, they require the long ball. I just don't have faith in a team that can't close out games in the ninth inning and requires the long ball or else they lose. I mean, that's just the way the Yankees are. The American League East, it's interesting. The Rays still minus 210, heavy favorites. Again, Ben has had it right all along. If you want to bet the Yankees, you can go bet them to win the AL. It's better, or even if you want, World Series. But I stay away from the Yankees because I do not trust them in the ninth inning. Switching over to the New York Mets, do have to give them some love, even though it's been a really tough month for them. The Mets do avoid a four-game sweep by the Dodgers. The Mets end up getting the 7-2 win over the Dodgers in Game 4. The Mets cash plus 154 on the money line the total of eight and a half goes over then the national league east still has the atlanta braves heavily favored minus 430 the phillies are five games back and the mets seven games back of atlanta to win the national league east finally some good for the new york mets who are in the middle of a grueling stretch still 13 straight games 
against the Giants and the Dodgers. That ends in San Francisco, thankfully, for the Mets. Or actually, back at City Field. i got to go check that. Regardless, it ends in three games against the Giants. So they've played 10 games so far against the Dodgers and Giants. The Mets have won just two of them. That's why they are two games now below 500. Seven games back, like you mentioned, Ariel, to win the National League West. And on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now, their odds reflect just that. Plus 1,100 for a team that for a good majority of the year since the early portion of May were the minus money favorite to win this division. Not the case anymore. The Braves are scorching hot, winners of nine straight. The Phillies are kind of floundering too, but the Mets even more so. Seven games back of the Braves to win that division. The good news, if you're looking for it for the Mets, after this 13-game stretch against the Giants and the Dodgers comes to a close in just a couple of nights, they get 14 straight against the Nats and the Marlins, the two worst teams in the National League East. So maybe they can make up some ground in this East division where they definitely need to do so and need to do so very quickly. But part of a very grueling stretch, and they've only won two games of their past 10 for the Mets right now. It makes sense. You're taking on the two best teams in all of Major League Baseball, but the wrong time for this to hit New York. The Atlanta Braves do get the New York rivals, the New York Yankees. I think a lot will be told to us about how good both these teams are, who are both the hottest teams in baseball. The Braves not only nine straight, they've won 12 of their last 13 games. As I alluded to earlier, the Yankees winning 16 of their last 19. Big series ahead in Atlanta. As for the Mets, a lot of ground to make up, and there's a chance we don't see their ace Jacob deGrom again this season. Apparently his arm's not getting any better. He hasn't gotten any closer to starting in the majors based on the way that he's been practicing. So a really tough blow for this Mets team. On the flip side, the Braves, they lose their all-star Ronald Acuna Jr. Their ace never came back from uh, his Achilles injury in Mike Soroka. The Braves continue to just defy the odds. And I am annoyed because my preseason prediction was that the Braves would win the World Series. I feel even stronger about it based on how this team looks if they had their two best players. Director of Trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran, coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Joining us, Director of Trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran. John, we have football tonight. Monday night football with the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road at the New Orleans Saints. The line right now, Saints minus four. Total pretty high for a preseason game at 39 and a half. First, before we get to this game, what do you see from the weekend of week two from the NFL preseason that may be different from week one? Um, I don't know if I'm honest with you. Um, yeah, it's preseason. It's hard to be uh, taking too many um, uh, opinions out of out of the week. Obviously, we've got a lot of um, you know guys fighting for starting positions, and you know I think we saw Trey Lance last night with a, you know another pretty solid uh, performance, throwing two touchdowns uh, after J- Jimmy G really failed to kind of move the offense. He did throw that pick, but. 
yeah, I thought it was pretty positive from Trey Lance. So that'll be my main takeaway. Trey Lance did look very good last night in Los Angeles against the Chargers. John, we did have some games that had some scoring. You could think of the Bills scoring 41 points, but for the most part, still pretty low scoring affairs across week two of the NFL preseason slate. How did the action look from a total perspective this weekend? Yeah, I think the narrative is out there now, isn't it, that the unders are their way to go? I'm not sure I really believe it. It's kind of just, you know, the way that the games are being played out. Guys are looking after themselves, rightly so, and you're seeing particularly the last half of the fourth quarter really just kind of wind to a, a kind of halt as slowly as possible. So it doesn't surprise me that we've seen a lot of money for the unders, though, like I said, I, I'm not taking too much from it. Tonight's preseason game between the Jaguars and the Saints. There's not many preseason games that I am looking forward to watching, but this one's one of them. Quarterback competition in New Orleans. Another day to see Trevor Lawrence start the second time for the Jaguars, the rookie quarterback. How do you expect this game to go? Um, <laughs> I, I think this is a... I, I was impressed by the Saints in, in week one of preseason. I thought they were pretty unlucky not to win that game against Baltimore. I think Baltimore's defense stood up. Uh, I think there was three picks in the game, but I thought you know the Saints were pretty impressive, pretty aggressive, and I thought both lines were really, really good. So if we see a similar starting uh, lineup tonight, we see similar minutes from the same guys, and I'm pretty confident that lane four is the right way to go about this game tonight, but it's always a bit risky in preseason when we don't know who's going to be on the field and how long they're going to be there for. John, I would imagine that the excitement around preseason football, although it is just preseason football, would also correlate to the rest of the NFL betting markets on FanDuel. Has there been any up in interest in terms of those other future markets? Yeah, I think you, say, you see, as you say, some correlated interest. Things like Trey Lance and the Rookie of the Year is starting to take some action. It doesn't surprise us. I think it's justified. He's played really well. Obviously, he's got to get by Jimmy G, and that's a big ask for somebody who hasn't played competitive football for almost two years. So um, let's see how that goes. But, yeah, those sort of markets are definitely spiking people's interest. And I think, you know, week one now, people are starting to draw some, you know, opinions based on what they're seeing in preseason. I'm not sure how valid they are, but um, I do think that people are starting to look towards week one from now on in. One of the odds markets in the futures market that I've been looking at, that week one quarterback, New Orleans is up on the board. San Francisco's up on the board. Denver used to be, yet the market's not up yet, at least for the New Jersey book. I did see for most of the preseason, Drew Locke was ahead of Teddy Bridgewater. How much after week two of the preseason could you see that flipping, John? I don't really have a strong opinion on Ariel. I haven't seen much of the Broncos at all, and I haven't actually looked at the market either, so... I've got really no idea um, what that market might do and, and, you know, based on what we've seen from the Broncos because I haven't seen any of them. John, you mentioned there that people are starting to look to week one of the regular season. We are inching so much closer. Have you been seeing more interest in action in those week number one lines and have they moved at all based on how people have been betting them? No, like I said, I mean, I'm not sure drawing opinions based on what we've seen in one and nine-tenths of, of preseason is the right way to go about it. So, you know, we won't have moved any lines really at all based on what we've seen so far um, because obviously it's just a fundamentally different game come uh, the 9th of September. Director of Trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran, here with us on the morning after on SportsGrid. John, when it comes to 
quarterbacks. There are a few that could impact week one lines. Dak Prescott of the Cowboys, Carson Wentz of the Colts. Out of those two quarterbacks, which one could have the biggest impact in a line move if they do play? Um, I think we expect uh, Dak to play, don't we? I mean, it's pretty much been the aim the entire way through the summer is for Dak to play. So I would say that the vast majority of him being on the field is already incorporated with the seven and a half in Tampa Bay. Um, I think the other one is more likely to move the line. I think Carson Wentz is trending better than we was when his initial injury broke. And I think if there's still a dog, I think that one will change. I think, you know, if, if Carson Wentz, Wentz is on the field, I think the Colts will go off favorite in week one. John, as we look at some injury news from around training camp now, week two in the preseason, what does the injury news do to the futures market? What does it affect most? A team win total, their odds to win a conference or a division. How do you guys monitor the injury news at this time of year? Yeah, I mean, we're looking at it closely, Ben, but obviously the most important thing is who it is. I mean, injuries to certain players won't move a line at all. Even, you know, perceived high-value players like wide receivers or running backs, you know, the impact of them, the delta between them and the rating of the team and the next man up is really not as much as you would think. So I think unless we see some, you know, quarterback injuries, uh, and hopefully we don't, uh, unless you see them sort of changes, then you're not going to see any real movement in any of the lines. When it comes to quarterback switches, John, I get a little concerned over betting the futures market for any team that could be making a midseason switch. The Bears, the 49ers are the two that come to mind with a rookie quarterback waiting in the wings. How much do you factor that into the futures market? I mean, it's hard to predict what's going to happen. It's hard to know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone halfway through the season, Ariel. So, you know, my view on it very simply is if Jimmy G is a starting quarterback and they decide that the right action is to go to Trey Lance halfway through the league, they know more about Trey Lance than me or you. So you got to trust that that's the right decision. So we'll just rank them and grade them on the ratings that we have with the projected starting quarterback and let the rest of the season unfold as it does and trust that Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing in, in San Francisco, for example. John, we've mentioned this a couple of times and we've talked about the offensive rookie of the year market and how throughout preseason, maybe we don't draw too big of conclusions, but we get to see the rookie quarterbacks perform who had a great performance on Saturday against the Green Bay Packers was the starter for the New York Jets and Zach Wilson. No quarterback controversy. We know it's going to be Zach Wilson. His odds have actually got a little bit shorter from plus 850 to plus 750 this morning. What did you make of Zach Wilson this weekend for the Jets? Yeah, I thought it was pretty solid from him. But again, this just isn't NFL football. It's preseason and you thought he had plenty of time. He moved well and threw some good passes. But that's nothing you wouldn't expect a player of the quality of a number two pick to to be able to do. So, yeah, just a small shortening in the odds. Like you say, I think, you know, there's a strong narrative now in New York that the Jets have found their man. And, you know, I'm yet to be convinced. Let's see what it plays out and when, when it really means something. John, you guys are giving out on Vandal Sportsbook an NFL futures bonus. Explain what bettors can do by placing a Super Bowl bet and potentially even getting more money out of it. Ariel, I have no idea. The promotions, you don't know it? Uh, the promotions come from marketing. I'll tell it and to I you. I think seen, it's awesome. I haven't seen. I think it. it's an awesome promo. I think it's great. You place a bet on your favorite team to win the Super Bowl, and you get a bonus in site credit for each regular season game that your team wins. I think this is a great promo, John. Yeah, I mean, why not? If you want a better future, you may as well get some value out of each of those wins along the way. And if that's a promotion that's up there, and I trust you that it is, I haven't seen it, uh, then, yeah, I think it's uh, 
It's money for jam, right? John hates promos. Suck the money out. I'm betting the Bills. They're going to have at least 10 wins. I'm going to get 10 more. I'm going to get like $10 out of FanDuel. It's great. <laughs> You're telling me that John Sheeran is not sitting in on every marketing meeting that the FanDuel Sportsbook and FanDuel has? That right there seems like a crime. But John, I think he's a better coach than uh, Kyle Shanahan. Like, I, I would trust him wow. for Kyle Shanahan's choices. No doubt. Okay. Interesting to see. Interesting to see. That's pretty good company right there, John. But this is the time in our weekly segment with you where we transition from NFL football and I ask you about college football because, John, it is officially game week of the college football season. Week zero starts on Saturday. A couple of big games, at least for me, Nebraska, Illinois, UCLA, Hawaii. Has there been any increase in action in the college football markets in the past seven days? Uh, there may well have been. I haven't been looking at it. I won't lie to you. I, I can't believe it's week zero already. It's pretty amazing that it's it's uh, snuck up as quickly as it has. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of action so far for the for, for this week's games, uh, partially because maybe I didn't even know they were coming up as soon as this week. But uh, I'll keep an eye on them this week, and we'll see if we see any meaningful action. I might tweet, tweet it out if we do. Uh, looking forward Ooh. to getting college football back. Like I said, the... Um, the, the attention really has been focused from our end on the NFL. And, uh, yeah, that's about time now that we started um, focusing in on football, college football. When John Sheeran tweets, you listen. You've got to go and mm. check out Jay Sheeran on Twitter. But, John, I'll switch into Major League Baseball then. And we're going to have you back Friday. So make sure you come back on when we talk about college football. But for, the, for Major League Baseball, we're really winding down now. We're almost at the month of September, which is crazy. The National League East is bizarre but i'm gonna take us to the american league because ben just brought it to my attention this morning that you guys have the yankees booked to win the world series at shorter odds than the tampa bay rays why um i i don't know i i, I haven't looked at it at all um yeah i don't know he's gonna I, switch I it why. now he's gonna switch it go bet the yankees there's no way no no, no I, I when i say when i say i don't know i mean the guys look after it i haven't sat down with them to understand exactly why the yankees are shorter than the rays i mean yeah i i, I don't I, I can't give you the answer the rays are gonna to be question. plus 950 tonight really you watch sean's gonna switch okay. it up on us maybe we need you to come over and sit here beside us ariel you don't want that. There you go. You don't want that. Ariel, Major League <laughs> Baseball, me, for all the college sports you guys need at the FanDuel Sportsbook. But, John, when it comes to the end of this Major League Baseball season, when you look at some of the regular season games that for some sides may not mean much, how do you advise bettors to bet Major League Baseball? Would it be on a daily basis, or would you start to look to the futures market? I mean, I, I wouldn't really give people advice. Everybody's got a different focus, and we all know about, you know, it's much more fun betting day-to-day -day stuff because you don't have to wait to get the result for so long. And even still, although we're in September, you still have to, you know, wait almost two months to get a World Series winner. So uh, I would just stick to what you've been doing. Obviously, you treat it with a bit more caution given where we are in the season. And we spoke about it last week about motivation for each of the teams. Sometimes it has improvements from teams like the Orioles who've lost how many ever how many they've lost in a row or. Uh, sometimes, you know, you just see that continual trend where they continue to, you know, lose games uh, repeatedly until the end of the season. I think it's a case-by-case -case, um, situation. I wouldn't be giving anybody advice on that. 
That is why you go to the the promo on FanDuel Sportsbook. You go bet your favorite team to win the Super Bowl. And every time your team wins, you make a little profit off of it. Director of Trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran, thanks for coming on with us today. We'll see you on Friday. Make sure to look at those college uh, football week zero <laughs> lines for us. Thank you, you guys. Have a good week. Coming up next, we have our Fade the Public poll to close out our number one here on the morning after. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevenson, Ariel Epstein. We do have you covered here on the grade until noon Eastern time. We've got a lot coming up in the next couple of hours. We've got great guests like Dr. David Chow, ProFootballDoc.com. He's going to walk us through some of those NFL preseason injuries that happened over the weekend. But up next is our poll, so stay right here. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips. 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com one here on the morning after on sports grid you're listening on sirius xm channel 204 with ben stevens i'm ariel epstein let's get to our poll it's time for fade the public i did steal this poll from pro football today i did this one yesterday with mike blewett however i really wanted to get ben's thoughts the question is how many starting quarterbacks that are rookies will start week one Ben, the question was one, two, three, or four, and the majority says two. Are you fading the public? Oh, that's good. I was just doing the math right there to try to figure it out myself. Two is the right answer because it is the public answer. Of course. course, We look at Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Will there be another one? Yes, I'm just going to say it because Justin Fields needs to start week number one for the Chicago Bears. We have seen enough, enough of Andy Dalton. You knew what I was going to say here. I mean, the, the, the I public know, has the answer so right. I excited to get your thoughts. Right, right. The public has the answer right. It's going to be two. It should be three, maybe even more than that. But it really should be three. The guy that probably needs to start for his organization more than anybody is Justin Fields because the Bears have the talent around Justin Fields to go over their team win total of seven and a half. Even with Trevor Lawrence this year, they are not going over the team win total for Jacksonville of six and a half. They will go far under that, as we know. Zach Wilson and the Jets to go over six and a half? Maybe, because Zach Wilson's not bad and has looked pretty good this preseason. But Justin Fields can take the Chicago Bears over seven and a half in their team win totals. And the over has the plus money, at least even money at the moment. So the public has the answer, right, Ariel, at two? It should be three. Show me the plus money. It is in San Francisco for Jimmy Garoppolo to start over Trey Lance. Jimmy G is at minus 300. Didn't see the Denver market pop back up, but Drew Locke was favored prior to that. They were both in plus money, though, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. And that's not the rookie quarterback market. I'm just talking about quarterback markets. And the last one was the Saints. They've already taken off every other first round, uh, every other first rounder for the quarterback position. Jets, we know. Jacksonville, we know. But... We don't see anything about Chicago up there for starting quarterback week Mm. one. Hour two of the morning after, coming up next. 